Well, it's Wednesday morning, and on Wednesday mornings, we check in almost always with just Liz Stahura of BDSA, the official insights partner of Business of Cannabis. And we're doing that again today, so welcome, Liz. Thank um, you. But we're also joined by a somewhat familiar face, certainly on the, on the Canadian landscape and on Business of Cannabis stuff, uh, Ryan Lalonde of Buddy. Ryan, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, and we're here for very specific reasons, which we will talk about for sure. But for those that don't know, and I'll start with Liz, because Liz, I feel like we talk a lot, but I'm not sure we've gotten sort of a, like the background of BDSA. We sort of jumped right into Consumer Insights. Give us a little bit of a background about BDSA, and then Ryan, we'll go to you for the same question. Yeah, absolutely. Well, very, very excited to dedicate today's segment to talking about uh, BDSA and Buddy and, and why we are uh, forming a partnership that we're forming and, and how it's going to work moving forward. Uh, but talking about BDSA and rewinding a little bit. Yeah, so we started the company, Roy Bingham and I started the company uh, five years ago now, back in 2015. Uh, we're actually headquartered in Boulder, Colorado, which is where I live. Uh, can't quite say I'm from there, but I've been there for at least 20 years. And Roy and I really identified the future uh, of cannabis uh, back in 2015, when the recreational or adult use market was just getting started here in Colorado. Um, and we just really had the vision uh, that the cannabis industry was going to grow up to be just like just about any other CPG industry and was going to need the types of data, market research and insights that any other CPG industry is going to need. So we built BDSA with the express purpose of focusing um, exclusively on the cannabis industry and serving the needs of the cannabis operators um, and cannabis adjacent companies, whether they be financial services, uh, beverage alcohol, CPG tobacco, et cetera, et cetera, uh, that needs the uh, data that, uh, again, that every other CPG focused industry really depends on, uh, on a day-to-day -day and longer term uh, basis. Amen to that. And we often talk about the actionable stuff that you guys, uh, the, the deep insights you guys provide. Right, Ryan, talk a little bit about the background of Buddy and uh, because I think it's very, very compelling in the startup realm that's happening or has happened in Canada and continues to happen. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've gone through the story out before in one of your previous podcasts, but um, basically Buddy actually started more, uh, at least looking to focus on the medical side of the industry. Uh, initially, we were looking to make tools that uh, you know medical patients could use in tracking their uh, ailments and their treatment of their ailments with uh, cannabis and just the efficacy of what the products they were using in treating their various ailments. But after a little while, we ended up looking more on the recreational side of the industry because we thought, you know, there's going to be a big gap in, in terms of education and all of these products that are going to be brand new to so many consumers. And we thought that there would be a big need in filling that educational space there instead. So we actually pivoted over into the rec side of the industry. So as we dug deeper, though, you know, we found all sorts of things that were going to be challenges for retailers from, you know, just operating profitably would be one of them. You know, uh, most retail stores are not running on, you know, super thick margins. So we found out that, you know, operating uh, efficiently was going to be important. So we included things that would increase uh, their overall revenue, like online ordering, uh, things that would decrease their bottom line, like in-store automation tools, like ordering kiosks. Um, so we're, we're kind of all over this space and just building a, just a very robust suite of tools that at the end of the day is going to make retailers more money and also more profitable. 
Yeah, and, and Liz and I spend um, some part of every Wednesday talking about how retailers could certainly be more profitable. And Ryan, to your exact point, a lot of them, certainly in this phase of sort of cannabis retail rollout, especially in Canada, it's not 100% certain that they have great retail background or great retail sense. And the work that you guys do, but work that you guys do together is really important. And I want to talk a bit about that because um, I, I love the partnership component of this. And, and, and Ryan, maybe we'll start with you. Like, wh what is exciting about the partnership for you guys with BDSA? And then we'll get to Liz sort of in the reverse question. Yeah, absolutely. So I think this bringing together Buddy and BDSA is just going to help the industry as a whole. Like, I think both, you know, BDSA and Buddy take a very much a, you know, high tides float all boats kind of, you know, look at the industry. And uh, one thing that's really lacking in the industry is good quality supply chain uh, insights, both downstream and upstream. So what we really want to do is we want to connect retailers and we want to connect producers into sharing critical information that is going to, for example, help producers produce products and focus on product categories that are more appealing to consumers. And the only way that they know that is by talking and getting information from retailers that are going to inform them, you know, this is what the trends look like, you know, this is what customers are asking for. Um, so it's a really symbiotic relationship between retailers and producers and that information needs to flow back and forth. And typically it would in other CPG industries, but in cannabis in Canada, you have that intermediary, the wholesale, you know, government bodies that have kind of cut off that supply chain and flow of information. Um, so it's making it really tough to just transfer back and forth that critical information that everybody needs to, you know, to have to really know what's coming down the pipe and what the future looks like. There's irony in that, in that those same wholesalers, in some cases, provincial retailers need the same information, right? They actually, yeah. they should be responsive to the consumers as well. And Liz, we yeah. often talk about, and I, I want to sort of get at this too. We often talk about, um, other markets, right? We talk about more mature markets and what consumers are doing. And, and we just focused on Colorado, we focused on California. Let, talk a little bit about how the work with Buddy sort of facilitates that in Canada. Yeah, absolutely. We couldn't be more excited about this partnership as uh, Ryan can probably also tell you, BDSA and Buddy have been uh, keeping tabs on each other and supporting each other and then just sort of keeping a relationship open for the past uh, three or four years uh, throughout the history of both companies. And now to have the opportunity to really formalize a partnership and work together, uh, we just couldn't be more excited about it. So BDSA, as I mentioned before, we have our roots in the USA. We're a USA-backed company. Um, and while we do have a Canadian team on site, uh, there is something to be said for uh, the Canadian-born credibility and history uh, that, that Ryan and the team at Buddy bring into the relationship that, um, you know, you just can't really replicate that. So we're, we're really excited to, uh, to partner with Ryan's team and, um, and really increase that transparency within the supply chain. As, as Ryan said, transparency uh, helps all parties, whether they be retail, whether they be the LPs, whether it be quite frankly, the financial services companies that are looking to invest in the LPs and the retailers. Uh, so the ability to create not just transparency, but essentially a common language and a common understanding from which all of these different sectors can communicate uh, really just can't be understated how important that is. We've seen that play out in the U.S. states and the U.S. markets that we've brought these products to bear and other, other companies in the space have brought similar products to bear. Um, 
how much it improves efficiency, how much it improves the, the bottom lines, and equally important to Ryan's point earlier, how much it improves the, the product selection and availability. It enables the LPs to create, the, the operators to create the products that consumers want and need, and it enables the retailers to be able to better sell those products. Um, and so ultimately the winner is, you know, all the way down the chain, the winner is the consumer and the customer. Um, and in the case of Canada, and of course the US too, we look at, at California and Oregon and some of the other states that have a robust illicit market or legacy market, uh, it enables the legal market to compete that much better um, against the, the illicit market and the legacy market when they're able to create the products that consumers really want. Yeah, I, I wanna drill down a little bit because we, um, we have a lot of people who uh, will ask this question and want to get in the nitty gritty. Like how are the two companies sort of working together? Like what are the different, not skill sets, but, but technical capacities you guys bring to the table? Ryan, we'll start with you. Like, like how are the companies working together? And then, and then maybe a little bit about the technological interface as well. Yeah, absolutely. So on, on our side, you know, we have relationships directly with retailers um, so we're working directly with retailers and filling that gap between the retailer and then the producers primarily. So we're really trying to fill that information gap in specific. Uh, in working with BDSA, I think what we're doing is we're really uh, aggregating all of these insights that we've gathered from both sides of the industry and kind of, you know, through the magic of BDSA and, and what they do, turning those into more kind of, um, I guess, industry forecasts and kind of that sort of thing. So. Um, one way we like to put it is Buddy is kind of like, you know, we'll tell you what the weather is and, and BDSA is going to tell you the forecast and the 14-day forecast and what's coming down the pipe. So, you know, we're very, like, very focused on kind of filling that gap between retailer and producer. And then, you know, uh, BDSA and Elizabeth's team take it the rest of the way. And, and yeah, that, that's, that's really what we're looking to do. And Liz, can you talk a little bit about that? Because we often talk about the, in, the insights and sort of what you guys are producing, but talk a little about the... I guess the, how the sausage gets made. Like talk a little bit about that, how it goes from Buddy to you guys to Insights. Yeah, absolutely. And Ryan's point is a good one. You know, as we, um, as we look to align some of the products and the, the services between BDSA and Buddy, um, there is still a fair amount of sort of additional or add-on or layering services that both BDSA and Buddy provide in addition to the partnership. Um, and I think that's really where the power of this partnership lies is um, Ryan's team and Buddy look at, and sometimes Ryan, we talk about micro versus macro. So similar to your, I love your analogy about the weather, it's the climate versus today's, today's weather. Uh, but understanding the day-to-day -day, um, inventory and sales shifts and movements uh, throughout, the, throughout the work with Buddy, and then being able to translate that over on the BDSA side to pulling out into province-by-province projected-level data so we can understand full market size um, and understand some of those bigger picture and strategic trends and, and movements within the marketplace. Um, the way it works on a technical level, uh, BDSA and Buddy both have relationships with, uh, with retailers that are fully anonymized. Um, so there is no exposing of individual retailers throughout this relationship. So we are, we are keeping all of that masked as per, per BDSA's uh, kind of standard mode of operating. Um, and what we're doing is we're pulling in the retail data from, from the Buddy side, we're pulling in retail data from BDSA direct relationships, combining that with some other proprietary and secondary research source or research sources and creating that full projected balanced view of the market enabling 
our clients, whether they be retailers or LPs, or again, those financial services clients or others in the industry to understand what's the total pie, province by province, market by market, and what's their share of that pie and how, how do they fit into those big picture trends. Um, and then of course, being able to drill in through all of BDSA's um, interfaces and, and modules and services and platforms to, to really, really deeply dissect the, uh, the market landscape by category, by attributes, um, of course, pricing trends, which again, as Ryan mentioned, the, the Buddy product really enables you to, to follow that pricing in real time. And then the, the BDSA product layered on top of Buddy allows you to look at that longer term and then forward looking uh, forecast for, for the what's next, essentially yeah. for the market. It's very, very compelling. And, and I don't need to, to gush over the types of information you guys have, but I, but I do want to go to the point uh, both of you were talking about. Like, first I wanna talk about the weather and then I wanna talk about the forecast. So Ryan, do you wanna talk about what you're seeing in the weather uh, as you described it, like really right now? Like, what are you seeing in the marketplace right now? Right now, oh man, there's, there's a lot happening. Um, I'm really, I guess one of the big insights and one of the big takeaways that we're watching pretty closely is how well uh, the vaping category seems to be coming onto the market. It seems to be performing very, very well right now. Um, so of course, all of the 2.0 products really just came onto the market this spring. Uh, edibles seem to be doing decently well, but um, yeah, vapes seem to be really, really taking off. And also from a, a dollar standpoint, of course, you know, an edible is like maybe five bucks to 10 bucks typically, uh, whereas your vape products oftentimes are 30 upwards to even 60 and more dollars. So, you know, you don't need to actually sell. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you don't need to sell too much, you know, from a units volume standpoint to you know, really start to add up some serious dollars in that category. Um, so that's, that's, I think one, uh, one juicy little insight that we've uh, gleaned from our data so far. Well, I have my new PAX era pro. This is not a product placement. It happens to be literally placed in my desk. Um, yep. but it is, it is a very compelling product, obviously. And Liz, what about you? What are you seeing in the, I guess, in the weather as we talk about it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, as, as Ryan mentioned, vapes and, and cannabis 2.0 in general, but especially vapes, really interesting topic right now. Um, great to see the product moving as quickly as it's moving and gaining share. I think, Ryan, um, as of July, vapes were about uh, 13 to 16% province by province of the market. Um, and what's interesting is, you know, and, and Jay, we've done this quite a bit over the past few weeks, comparing what's happening in Canada uh, to some of the state's markets. And when you look at the vape category or the concentrates category overall in the U.S., we typically see uh, those products comprising around 30% of the market. So we see a lot of upside and a lot of potential for the category to continue on this, uh, this upward trend and keep growing. Uh, another thing that's really interesting that still isn't quite hitting the Canadian market hard, but we're going to keep a really close eye on just based on what we've seen in other markets is the dabbables market. Um, so we are seeing some dabbables in Canada, not, not many, um, and not a huge percentage of the market in BC, for example, uh, only about 7% of all concentrate sales came from dabbables. The rest came from more kind of more well-known vape, vape cartridges and vape pens. Um, but in the U.S. markets, we tend to see a much higher, even in Colorado, for example, dabbables are about 50% of the market um, in terms of concentrates category. So vape and, and dabbables really half and half. Um, other markets in the U.S. not quite so high, um, but certainly significantly higher than what we see in Canada. So we'll be watching to see if that um, 
if that moves forward, and also watching to see the impact of dabbables and vape on pre-rolls. Um, so right now in Canada, we see a much higher percentage of sales coming from the pre-roll market uh, than we do in many of the U.S. markets. Uh, so watching that trend uh, will also be really interesting over the next six months or so. Well, I can't yeah. wait to watch that trend because it's really fun to say. <laughs> True? I think... Uh... <laughs> I think it, just to add on to what you were saying there, Liz, I, I think it's interesting because uh, pre-rolls and vapes, I, I see them both as being almost somewhat, um, I'm not sure what the term is, but, but you would use maybe one or the other as a convenience product. Mm -hmm. So now that vapes are available, I'm, I think it's going to start to eat away at actually the pre-roll category in specific because people are looking for that quick, convenient thing, which used to be pre-rolls and that was all that there really was but now that there's vapes you know if, if, if there's a category that's really gonna you know take a chunk out of it's the pre-roll category so it's interesting to see and and we already know in the data that that's happening yeah yeah it, absolutely i think it'll be interesting and maybe this is more anecdotal so you know idiot me anecdotally reading twitter but um but there are interesting new they're not they're, they're all pre-rolls but different packaging different sizes of pre-rolls and that are that are seemingly gaining traction. I don't know if that's because it's novel or because people are not sharing uh, pre-rolls anymore, but it'll also be, I think, and Liz, we've talked about it, sort of interesting sort of COVID's near and long-term impact on you know, any, any of these sort of slices of the market. Absolutely, absolutely. And we know from the consumer insights, of course, that inhaling tends to, to far outstrip other uh, consumption methods in terms of consumer preference, anywhere from you know, 70% plus of consumers saying that, that inhalables is their preferred method. So I think Ryan's spot on where a lot of times when you're looking at inhalables, there are substitution calls being made. Uh, is it a pre-roll or vape? Is it, you know, dried flour or pre-roll, et cetera, et cetera. And that, that convenience factor really can't be underestimated. Um, interestingly enough, and even as a data person, sometimes I pick up on, on anecdotal information as well, Jay, uh, but some, some other uh, factors on the U.S. market with pre-rolls is sometimes there is an uh, association of pre-rolls being loaded with lower quality flour in the U.S., so it'll be interesting to see if, um, if the Canadi Canadian brand can get stay ahead of that and keep that perception out of the market. Um, certainly not necessarily a um, a data-backed or a, or a uh, quality-backed um, assumption, but certainly we do see that, that um, misconception floating out there sometimes in the U.S. Yeah, so those are, that's the weather and things we're watching, but I guess, what are you guys thinking about what's next, both either in the relationship or in the market? Like, what, what's next? We'll go to Ryan first. Yeah, that's the stuff you got to pay for, Jay, sorry. Shit. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I was hoping that it was going to be, uh, we were going to sort of uh, tease it a little bit, but, but no, that, look, um, and I say this to Liz, both on when we're recording and not, and I'll say it to you, Ryan, as well. Like this industry is, is starved for really thoughtful, actionable insights and data. And if you're not making your decisions based on all the things you guys are, are seeing and producing and sort of forecasting, then you are, making decisions blind and, and the results will follow. Um, but, but I really, uh, I love the partnership because I really like both of you. And, and it was, this has been a great conversation and we can go on and on and often we do. But, but I want to thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Liz, for taking time because Wednesday mornings are my masterclass in, um, 
in all things data and insights related to cannabis consumers. And I really appreciate uh, the partnership and, and thanks for being with me. Thanks, Thank Dave. you. Thank <laughs> you.